the letter to the Galatians chapter 5 guests. So glad you're here. If you're here and you're new to the Bible, it's a safe place to be a, a newbie with the Scriptures. All you got to do if you didn't bring a Bible is Google Galatians 5 and the initials ESV as in English Standard Version. That'll be the translation I'm reading from. And uh, you'll find your place. You're going to want to look at it for yourself. I'll do all the rest. The letter to the Galatians chapter 5 beginning with verse 16. Translator heading over the entire section reads, keep in step with the Spirit. We've been on this now for a couple of weeks. Keep in step with the Spirit. And this morning, as you find your place, let me just say, we have this morning in our passage before us this morning, two very imposing lists. They're both imposing lists. They're, they're not exhaustive lists. They're not, they, they're not comprehensive. They're not checklists. They're not to do or not to do lists. They're not even naughty and nice lists. But they are, I believe you will concur, imposing, formidable. Both of them intimidating. Fifteen examples we have in just a few verses. Fifteen examples of who we are and what we do by nature naturally as broken human beings living in a broken world and nine examples of what happens when God intervenes and slowly but surely an individual becomes more whole, more human than he or she has ever been on his or her own. These two lists, the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. The works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. We pick up where the Apostle Paul, we pick up in the Apostle Paul's letter in the middle of a paragraph intentionally to focus on these verses. Look with me, chapter 5, verse 19. I'll read, then pray, follow along. Verse 19. Buckle up. The Apostle Paul writes, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality. Impurity sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, verse 21, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Verse 23. Gentleness self-control against such things there is no law and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires the very words of God join me in a brief prayer that we might understand them father father in heaven we, 
We need you. We need your help. We need you when we feel our need, and we need you when we don't feel needy. We are dependent upon you every hour for every part of our lives, inside our hearts and our minds, and in what we do and how we behave. Everything, everything, we need you. Even as we consider these words, you must engage more than just our minds. Spirit of God, teach us, train us, equip us, change us, convince us, save us, we pray. Help us to understand these lists. And as we understand these lists and see these lists, not just with our minds, but with our hearts, you would grant us grace. Grace to grow in godliness, holiness, and grace, grace to persevere when we're struggling. Oh Lord, answer this prayer, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, have you seen any of the videos of the war in Ukraine? Uh, uh, not the ones that are published on the media and in the news, but have you seen the ones where the, with the soldiers, the, the, the soldiers have published themselves, like, like the ones, especially the body cam videos where they put them on their helmets. There was one featured this week uh, in the Wall Street Journal online. I hadn't really watched any of these kind of videos. Though I'm, if you know, I'm, I'm of Ukrainian descent. I, it's sometimes hard just to pay attention. Everybody looks like my relative over there. Uh, but this week, I hadn't really watched any, so I clicked on the video. There was this big article. It was front page. It was highlighted. You could still, if you go on Wall Street Journal, you'll see it. I clicked on it, and what I observed was, I don't know what other word to say, but disturbing. The, the soldiers in this video are on a, in a field near Bakhmut, okay? It's February, the location of the video. It's not strategic, but it's where the Ukrainian military had decided to hold the line against the Russians right there. There were supply lines nearby, bunch of guys holding the line in the middle of a field. One soldier, an officer, is walking down a tree line. He's got a helmet on his, or a camera on his helmet, or I'm not a soldier, maybe he had a helmet on his camera too but he had a camera on his helmet he's walking along the tree line and an explosion goes off just just a couple hundred yards up ahead maybe a hundred yards up ahead again i'm not a soldier i don't know how far judge distances but but he immediately takes off running he's distressed and he reaches a dugout and that's what they call him a dugout where he meets up with his company it's muddy the hole is surprisingly small two dead soldiers near the entrance and dives into the dugout and it's full of soldiers just sitting there they're stunned and they immediately start exchanging information in particular names those that have been killed just in that moment one they're not sure about and then and then 
as they're exchanging information, one of the soldiers grabs a shovel. He doesn't got a camera on his head, but he, he grabs a shovel and he, he starts making his way out of the dugout. And you could see all the guys and the, the officers sitting there. And the guy gets up and he starts running out to, to dig out the dugout because there had just been an explosion in front of the dugout. And as he's getting out of the dugout, again, an artillery round hits the ground, explodes, just like in the movies, all the dust and the dirt comes kicking back and the soldier who had the, so, the shovel is knocked back and on the ground. And what happens again is you could, you could almost hear their ears ringing and the officer starts yelling out his name and saying, are you okay? Are you okay? And the soldier just lifts up his thumb. But it gets worse. So disturbing. As they're regrouping, they begin to realize that the Russians are now in their trenches. They're right outside the dugout. <laughs> this is amazing. Today we have this technology that we, could, we can enter into the battlefield for a moment. They're right outside the dugout. And they realize they got to get up and fight. So another soldier with a body cam, he runs out of the dugout and starts shooting. You can actually see the Russians. They slow down the video and, and highlight the soldiers. It's so disorienting. Now you've got a guy with a rifle standing outside the dugout shooting at it, the enemy. And it's frightening. I could feel myself just tensing up as I watched. And without stopping and zooming the video, there was no way you or I could perceive and, and, and identify the, who, who was an enemy and who was a, a friendly fire, let alone if they were even out there as the trees and the dugout and all the ground and the mud and the trenches. But they slow down the video and you can catch glimpses. They stop. You can see a helmet go by. Just brief glimpses of them. And there's gunfire. At one point, a grenade comes at the guy. There's angry shouting. More death. They're shouting at each other. The Russians at the Ukrainians. The Ukrainians at each other. That's how close they were. It was difficult to watch. Hard to believe that this is happening today. Right now, out and the scene, the field, it looks like some field. Just, it looks awfully like, a lot like the fields right here in the States. And the Wall Street Journal reporter, as he's describing the video, you can watch it, but he describes it. He notes that these soldiers in this area are only permitted to spend a few hours at a time out in this section, in this area, and under these kinds of conditions. He says, in order to safeguard their mental well-being, their physical well-being, but their mental well-being as well. I was hard just watching a three-minute video. But in that moment as I was watching it and I had been thinking and meditating on this text, I thought, in some ways, this is not unlike our lives as Christians living in this age and in this world, like the soldiers, whether you realize it or not, you're under a brutal attack brutal attack. The enemies are in your trenches. In your heart. And, and it feels at times this, this war we're experiencing that Paul talked about just prior last couple of weeks, it, 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 it 
the experience is disorienting, discouraging, demotivating, debilitating, even at times feels defeating. Defeating, as, as the Apostle Paul described just a few verses earlier. Remember verse 17, if you look up, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. Here's the war, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, and it's happening all inside us. Here's the battlefield. To keep you from doing the things you want to do, the Christian civil war going on. Going on right here, a constant battle raging inside us. And like the wisdom of the higher-ups in the Ukrainian military, sometimes, sometimes we need to pull the troops back and give them a break for a second. Maybe from the battle line to regroup, clean up, review the tapes, so to speak, at refresh. Refresh, what, thinking, what's going on here? Zoom in a little, clear out the, the fog of war, and consider what it is that we're doing. What, what's happening to us in those moments? Perhaps, perhaps to safeguard our mental <laughs> and physical well-being. That, I think that's what's happening here in our text. That in this, you might say, an, an excursus from the argument that Paul, the Apostle Paul is making. It doesn't really push it forward. It just elaborates upon what's been happening. There's nothing new here. It's not, not even a shift in focus. Oh, this is a big mistake you can make at this point in Galatians. A shift in focus and the content of the letter as if all of a sudden Paul, Paul just wants to lay out a list and a set of guidelines and instructions. Maybe lay down the law a little bit for the Galatians. No, this is the conclusion. Oh, if you don't get anything else... This morning, when you want to read Galatians for yourself, remember Galatians 5 and 6 is really a conclusion to chapters 1 through 4 and into chapter 5. This is the conclusion of, to the point which Paul has been hammering home since chapter 1. How is it that I can be saved? Because they're arguing over the gospel, which is God's answer, declaration as to how anyone can be saved at all. How can we be saved? What must I do? The troublemakers in this situation, first century, in the churches around Galatia, the troublemakers were disturbing these new Christians in Galatia. They were, they were telling them to do more, work harder, try harder, follow the traditions, keep the customs. And Paul instead, chapter 2, if you remember, he reminds them, he says in verse 20, this is what I do. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This is what Paul is saying now. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. He's introducing the life of Christ at work in us, the Spirit. Here's what you do, Paul says, back in chapter 2. The life I now live in the flesh, now, me, here, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. He, he continues on. This has been going on the whole time. Galatians chapter 3. He said, are you so foolish? Are you so foolish? Having begun in this by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? And the answer is no. 
By the time he gets to chapter 5, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore. Who's stand firm against what? Stand firm against yourself and stand firm against those troublemakers. Stand firm and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And here's the big mistake. By the time you get to our passage and you get to the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit, the big mistake is that after reading all of that for the last five chapters, I want to stand firm in my slavery. I get to this text and I think, finally, Paul has given me a list of rules to keep. A list of rules we can follow that, that will save us. 24 things we can do or don't do if you want to be a Christian. The two lists before us this morning are not intended to be in another new and improved yoke of slavery. But rather, I want to argue this morning, a refreshing respite, an orientation to the battlefield that's going on right in here and out here. But I think most of the time we experience it right in here, don't you? Consider what it is that you and I are experiencing. You don't need a body cam. It's going to start, at, if it's already going on now, but at, at 12 o'clock, Lord willing, <laughs> when we leave and the service is over. Zoom in with me for a moment. Let's just stop so that we could maybe zoom in, pause the video, and, and, and take a look at what it is that we're experiencing. First, a very imposing list, the works of the flesh. Look with me, verse 19 again. Paul writes, now, <laughs> now the works of the flesh are evident they're obvious it's clear they're evident sexual immorality impurity sensuality sexual sin right taking what's the glorious what is a glorious gift of god and is a picture of the union and pleasure of christ in the church today and forevermore and distorting it, blurring it, breaking it. Listen, this, that list right there, sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, you want to wonder, wonder what, what, what does our sexual ethics and what the scriptures teach about our sexual ethics, what does that have to do with the gospel? Listen, there's something good revealed. Good revealed in the marriage bed of a man and a woman that we don't fu- even fully comprehend until we're with the Lord in heaven. The consummation, Right? Where marriage will cease, but our pleasure in God will be multiplied. Our sinful nature distorts it. Robs it of its gospel-telling power. A man steals an unfaithful look. A woman leaves her husband. A camera pries into a bedroom. Keep looking at the list. This This is graphic stuff. Verse 20. Idolatry. Sorcery. Enmity. Strife. Jealousy. Fits of anger. Rivalries. Dissension. Divisions. You you can't really categorize these and say, okay, now these are all this kind of thing. It's It's a chaotic list. Just like the chaos that characterizes your sin itself. My sin. Idolatry. Elevation of stuff above above the value of God. I gotta have that. That will make me happy. Idolatry. Check. I got that one, right? Next one. Sorcery. Ooh. Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know. No. 
listen. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Sorcery. Actually, the word is like, would be translated more accurately, pharmacy. <laughs> Whoa. A pursuit of evil powers to rule and reign and make order instead of God and his sovereignty, his immutable powers. Check. Got that one. Don't, it's pretty obvious, right? <laughs> uh, enmity or hostility. Got those checked, right? Jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, and divisions. All these self-seeking, selfish, corrupting, heart-born, they're coming from the heart, born diseases that eat at the very core of our fellowship with one another. Man to man, brother to brother, sister to sister, as Paul warned in verse 15 just prior, if you look. Verse 15, but if you bite and devour one another, Christian cannibalism, watch out that you're not consumed, that you are not consumed by one another. What a list. Keep moving. Verse 21. I'm tempted to talk of these at length, but listen, they're not the point. Verse 21. Envy, drunkenness orgies, and things like this. A reckless consumption, right? Reckless consumption of other people and other things. There's a category for you there. A consumption of other people and other things that God has given for our good and our enjoyment sinfully. Envy. I want what you have. Give it to me. Right? Orgies. More the same. Drunkenness. The sin of gluttony focused on alcohol and other substances, chemicals that have body-controlling effects. Whether it's so I can sleep or so I can be a little more social so that I can just forget about today. And then Paul says, and things like these. <laughs> things like these that's where paul lies you want an exhaustive list you won't find it here don't even need it he just leaves it with and things like these why because the things like these are obvious they're obvious now you might be asking the question yeah but what about the things that are not so obvious right you might be wondering like does this mean that there's no profit in searching our hearts then and asking god to help us sort through our motives and behaviors, the subtle things. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're struggling. There's a war going on. You're uncomfortable. You're a little disoriented, but you're not really sure what's wrong with you. doesn't seem so obvious to you. I didn't see it on the list. What? Why do I seem to be doing things I don't want to do? Not doing the things I want to do. I'm experiencing that war. How's this list going to help me? Listen, first of all, listen, just real quick. Keep in mind that Paul isn't doing some sort of surgery here, some you know, minimally invasive microsurgery here on your heart. No, he's swinging away with a hacksaw, okay? He's just swinging away. They're big, bold, and crude sins. No gentle physician of the soul stuff here. This is sin, Paul is saying, and it's obvious, right? And second, listen, listen, just so we get this, this list isn't really telling us much about the whys, is it? This is for the uncomplicated guy, right? This is, this, is, this is just calling sin, sin. This is sin, the root of our sin, the why we sin. That's a little bit com more complicated. It's a different story. 
I love, I, you, sometimes you need a skilled counselor at this point. You need a skilled pastor. Even I need a skilled pastor all the time. Listen, all the time. I need my pastors, and I have pastors, as you have pastors, to help us. David Powelson, one of my favorite biblical counselors, no longer with us. He's a great writer on biblical counseling. He says it this way. If you're trying to understand what's going on here, he writes, Christ's transformational work in our lives simultaneously operates in two dimensions, the vertical and horizontal. He says, the why and the how. He writes, God is always reorienting our worship why we do stuff, and our walk, what we're doing. God's always reorienting our worship and our walk, our motives, and our lifestyle. This list is about the house. This is the walk, the vertical walk, the, the lifestyle, and not so much about the motives and the worship. And, and when we want to grow in our ability to discern our motives and to help others do the same, and our confidence, listen, in large part, the work of the Spirit, we're going to get to that in a moment, but also God's Word, like Hebrews 4, right? For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than two, a two-edged sword, piercing the divisions of our soul and the spirit and joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Believe in this, practice this. If you're struggling and you're like, golly, I don't see mine on the list there, number one, you probably just don't see it yet. <laughs> you need to get out of the fog of war. But number two, if it just doesn't happen to be on that list and it's in the things such as this, well, number one, relying on the Spirit is to search the Scriptures and let them discern your heart and your thoughts. <laughs> in other words, Paul's saying here, we really don't need, you don't need others to tell you that you're sinning what the works of the flesh are. We need friends who will actually apply the truth to us and help us comply with the Spirit and change. Right? So, you don't see it on the list, but you're still experiencing the war. You're confused. Listen, are you, and, you, and you're tired of sinning. You're sick and tired of your sin. This is... <laughs> This, this is in large part the mental and physical weariness. If I could say it this way, that Pastor Mike, Pastor Dustin, and I, and probably all everyone around you, observe the mental and physical exhaustion you experience. You're in a moment by moment hiding out in the dugout shooting at the enemy war and it's exhausting and there are consequences paul says he reminds us end of verse 21 if you look he says i warn you he's not done with the list yet these are obvious and i'm not going to tell you why you're doing them i'm just explaining this is what happens to you naturally this is who you are by nature and I want to warn you again, Paul says, for end of verse 21, I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Listen, as I meditated on this passage, this, 
verse this week, it becomes more and more striking to me what the Apostle Paul is saying here. While my good works will never, never, ever earn eternal life, my works of the flesh will and forever earn quite the opposite. I need to be warned. My good works, this is how it works. I cannot earn my way, so to speak, but in put by my every sin, big and small, I'm obtaining for myself, meriting for myself, nothing but the opposite. Those who do such things. If you're one of those who do such things, and listen, if your name's not on the list yet, I'll, put, I'll write you in right now. Those who do such things, those who make this their way of life, their walk in one way or another, it says here that they earn eternal condemnation and are excluded from the promise of inheritance of eternal life. Does it matter how you live? Absolutely. Yes. Yes, for each and every one of us. Every day, every moment, every act of obedience and disobedience accounted for, your sin, your sin. Now remember, Paul hasn't changed topics it's not like this is a different book, Galatians 2, 2 Galatians. No, this is still Galatians. Your sin, here's the good news. For you and I who believe the unthinkable has occurred, an exchange has been made, all that was yours by right, heaps and heaps of guilt and condemnation for my sin that is obvious and the sins that I have missed, all of them by faith transferred to another person. This is why even this list is a respite from the war. The gossip, it's no longer mine. It's Jesus's. He gets it. The lustful thoughts, the drunkenness, the darkness in my thoughts and motives, the ugly secret sins that I'm ashamed of, that you're ashamed of, all are his now. By faith. Forgiveness lavish forgiveness for things such as these. What's not on the list? It's all on the list. Nothing is not on the list. (laughs) Undeserved forgiveness possible because there is one man willing willing and able to take it for you. He bore your sin. All of them. Even such stuff as this. He bore your sins. He satisfied the wages that you earned because of your sin, on account of your sin. He wiped your slate clean. Not just the past, but what you're going to do today. It's clean. He clothed you with his perfection. You're walking around in borrowed clothes. How your life matters. Your sin is why he suffered and was crushed and hanged upon a tree. All of them. That's that's why the next one is just as disorienting and discouraging as the last one. That's why he suffered and was crushed 
hanged upon a tree, cursed for you and me. Remember, Paul's still on the same subject here. There can be no other way. There is no other gospel. Everything else is not the gospel. Christ and Christ alone. In some ways, you could say, this is a good list. Because this is the list that Jesus carried to his tomb. Get a record here that my father no longer remembers. Second list, even more encouraging, oh my. The fruit of the Spirit, verse 22. I bet you many of you have memorized this passage, which is a good thing. Verse 22, if you look with me, it says, but Paul writes, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Stop there, love. A, a selfless devotion to the advancement of others, for the other's benevolence. A, a deep gladness rooted in our relationship to Him above and beyond our present circumstances. That's love. Peace, he writes. A stillness of mind and soul that transcends your surroundings and context regardless of what's happening to you. It can't be replicated through the consumption of more stuff like back on the other list. Sorcery and drunkenness. Sexual sin and orgies. Jealousy. It can't be satisfied with any of those. Not even movies. Not ice cream. I won't fix this. Listen, these are my secret sins. i got to let it out. Uh, I, if you noticed, I've lost a lot of facial hair, right? So I lost a lot of facial hair. Maybe I lost some weight too, but I lost some facial hair. Uh, but I gained an appetite for chocolate. <laughs> You might wonder what kind of chocolate, in case you're thinking about buying me some. <laughs> All kinds of chocolate. <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> oh, chocolate is so good. <laughs> I don't think chocolate was that good before because I was eating everything else and it just kind of dulled my senses to chocolate. But once I stopped eating everything else, I discovered chocolate. It was glorious. <laughs> But even chocolate, and I've tried. Let me tell you, they're all not their heads. <laughs> Hide your chocolate because I'm nearby. Chocolate, chocolate won't still my mind. At the end of the day, when my task list isn't finished, and I got troubles in my family, and I got troubles in work, just not your troubles, but my troubles being faithful pastor, troubles in my soul, I'm in the middle of the war, I'm laying in bed, should go to sleep, but I'm looking for chocolate. The, the fruit of chocolate, let me tell you, is not peace. <laughs> it's just more chocolate. <laughs> So if you get anything out of the message today. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, what else does Paul write? Patience. A steadfastness. This is what the Spirit does. It's 
steadfastness when faced with difficult circumstances and people. It could be patient, kindness, an inclination to care for others without concern for yourself. These are the great marks, uh, you would say, of a Christian. Goodness. There you go. The virtue of honesty and transparency and a loving, kind, gracious heart. Faithfulness. Loyalty, right? Loyalty or courage. Trustworthiness. She's a faithful sister in the Lord. You can count on her. Gentleness, oh, picture the Savior here. Gentleness, strength under control. That's what gentleness is. It's not a pushover. It's someone who's gentle, who, who is gentle, is, has strength, but it's under control, restrained. And there it is, finally, self-control. Calm, cool, and collect. The description of a person who has achieved mastery over his or her passions and desires. Just self-controlled. Able to choose what is right and good even when the other person cuts you off in traffic. Even when what you want is urgent and pressing. (laughs) Listen, that's what this, what this list is. Respite from the, and clear out our minds, fog of war here. For the one who believes, who repents of his ways and puts his trust completely in the merit of Jesus Christ and no other, God acts upon that man, that woman. He, he tears him up out of his own grave and stupor breathes life into his soul. He baptizes him into his own presence. Right? The Spirit. He fills him with his own Spirit He invigorates him and empowers him. The Christian man, the Christian woman, becomes a spiritual man who now carries the imprint of God himself. As we sang this morning, or we're going to sing this morning, I know it's in the lyrics, so pressed with a royal seal, the Holy Spirit, like a, like a, a deposit for the last day to be redeemed. That's fast approaching. And, and this list of the fruit, the, the fruit of the Spirit is a hallmark of a new alien force invading an individual's life. The, the calling card, you might say, of Almighty God reversing the curse. One man, woman, and child at a time, no longer enslaved to their flesh. The shape and the form of the Holy Spirit? Oh, cannot, listen, this is the good news, cannot, cannot help, but if you have the Spirit of God inside you, cannot help but slowly, systematically undo the corruption of your sin, your sinful nature, your flesh, and burst out of us bearing fruit. (laughs) Can we change? Can this be true of you? Paul's making the list. Yes. Yes, he's changing us. Even as we're struggling with the works of the flesh, 
He's changing us, transforming us. It's progressive in nature. It's a, it's a training, it's a working, it's a growing, it's a progressive, the big word there being sanctification and being made holy. We've been made holy, declared holy and righteous at justification, but justification and sanctification go together. We have been made holy, declared righteous. Now we're watching it happen in real time. Body cams. The longer we go on, the further we walk in the Lord or, or, or walk in the Spirit, as we've read multiple times already this morning and it's mentioned this morning, the more and more, the longer we go on, we begin to possess the traits of the one who possesses you. That's what's happening. Someone new owns you, has taken possession of you, has filled you, has put his mark upon you. You're under the sway of the Spirit. Listen, this is what's so great about the, the fruit of the Spirit. Take another look at that list. <laughs> Listen, it's who you're becoming. It's who you are already but not yet. It's not, it's not a list of obligations or commands. That's not how it's written. Is this the fruit of Fruit of the Christian? No. Who's responsible for producing this, these, these virtues, this fruit? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. This, this list is a list of what God is accomplishing, what God is doing, not what He's, not here, not here. He's not asking you to do these things. Paul's making, Paul's making his point again. This is what God does. How can I be saved? What can I do? Let me tell you what, you want to know what you do? Works of the flesh. <laughs> you know the old quote, famous quote, all I contribute to my salvation is my sin. This is what God does. The Holy Spirit does these things. And I'm so grateful, listen, I'm so grateful, if you want, if you want to talk about the grace of God at work in you in a moment, just for a moment, how it's at work in us. I'm so grateful that, that as a culture, as a church, listen, that, that we are standing, we're standing personally and corporately on the shoulders of brothers and sisters for many, many years, but just thinking very directly with us and our sister churches and pastors and you, particularly you older saints in the church here, on, brother, we're standing on the shoulders of those who have blazed a trail along this line, this line, for years, what seems impossible, a passion for right doctrine <laughs> and the pursuit of the Holy Spirit. Watching your life and your doctrine closely. You know, we used to use the phrase around here, impassioned orthodoxy. Never losing our edge. Truth and spirit coupled together. A hunger to, to both know God right? And just as important, important, experiences transforming, purifying, regenerating supernatural presence and power in our everyday mundane, ordinary life. I, I, I read this list of the fruit of the Spirit, and I can say yes and amen, please, Lord, even in the midst of the fog of war, come and continue to do this among us. Manifest your power in the lives of my friends, my fellow churchmen, This is why I would say we have a robust doctrine of the Spirit. 
It's not just, here's a couple of spiritual gifts. A survey you can take, a test you can take, that'll give you some things that you can do around the church to help out. But rather, rather a passion to see all that is true change my, all my days, all the moments of my life. <laughs> Listen, if you're not, well, we should not be satisfied with those so-called spectacular manifestations of the Spirit, healing and prophecy and such, but broadening out, listen, the work of the Spirit, broadening out and arguably the most spectacular manifestation of the Holy Spirit, this side of eternity, regeneration and subsequent sanctification. What could be more impressive today? What could be more impressive in our culture today, in my neighborhood today, in Old Town Orange today, even in our church today, in your small group today? What could be more impressive today than the one who can sleep at night peacefully. Who's not always just trying to promote themselves. Who's not always just talking about themselves. Worried about how others might infringe on yourself. Your schedule, your time, your glory. <laughs> The credit you should get because you're the one that started that and we're all celebrating that and they, we're recognizing one person and you're standing over there saying, well, what about me? What about me? Did you everyone forget about me? And you say, the person who says, praise God for the grace of God and the work of the other. How many times have you sat in a small group in someone's living room, which our small groups, if you don't appreciate them, listen, I can just stop for a second. In our small groups, we spend time, if you're not in a small group, listen, this is what happens. Twice a month, a group of people who are friends, members, brothers and sisters, members of this church, gather in a room and listen and care for one another. There's people all over Orange County searching all over online to find some sort of relationships with somebody who will just listen for five minutes to what you're going through. Like clockwork, every two weeks, your group gathers. <laughs> and room is set aside in everybody's schedule just to listen and care for you. Wow, we should pay for that. <laughs> Actually, people do pay for that. <laughs> what a spectacular manifestation of the work of the Spirit. Oh, God takes dead men and women and raises us to new life. We change. And that is so encouraging to hear in the middle of the fog of war. Imagine being self-controlled, gentle, joyful. Imagine being joyful. Listen, joy, joy is coming for some of you. Peace is coming for some of you. I think, I believe, I think my, my Bible tells me right here with this list, in new measures you've never experienced. 
a deep gladness that doesn't, you know, correspond with your paycheck. Or your spouse, <laughs> or lack of a spouse. A love is coming. You, not, not love for you, <laughs> though I pray if you need someone, some love and someone come love you, but, but from your heart that you can't see yet, but, but a love for the brothers and sisters, the church, that you haven't experienced to date. That's what this list is about. I can remember that happening to me. The year was 1997. I was sitting in a small group in another Sovereign Grace church. And as my friends were sharing all of their wonderful news of what's been going on in their life that past week or two, I remember my heart just swelling up and enjoying and celebrating. And afterwards, I told my small group leader, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just, it was just exciting tonight to listen to them all like good things happening in other people's lives. And he's like, uh-huh. And, and I'm like, it was just, did you hear what happened? It's so exciting. And uh-huh, uh-huh. And, you know, and he got a raise and he got a promotion. That's wonderful. And then it clicked. <laughs> I'm supposed to <laughs> be excited for other people, but what had I been doing? I've been experiencing the works of the flesh. Rivalries and jealousy. And in a new way, manifestation of the power and effects of the Spirit on me, I was experiencing new, new measures of love for others. And it wasn't because I had gotten better at loving. It wasn't because I had spent enough put enough hours in with these people that I cared about them now. Because you could spend a lot of hours with somebody and still not love them. <laughs> Hang out with me for a little while. <laughs> no. What are these called? The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Now, those two lists got a verse just behind it. One sentence. Look with me, verse 26. Here's our confession. Say it one more time. It's tagged on to the, both the other lists, but here it is one more time. This is where we end. Verse 26. Or, I'm sorry, 24. <laughs> verse 24. And those who belong to Christ Jesus. Oh, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Paul picks that word right there, crucified. That's a powerful word. It's not just that those who belong to Christ Jesus have been working on their passions and desires. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have been meeting with a counselor and a therapist. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have put some sort of software on their computer so that they are not tempted to look at inappropriate images and sin in, in any other way. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have kept their mouths shut and not offended other people. No, it says those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh. Where else do we see crucified in the Bible? Oh, it's, this, is, this is poignant. This is our confession. 
You want to know what to do with, with the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit? You say, those who belong to Jesus, those who have been ransomed by Jesus, those who have been given the grace to receive grace, those, those who are united to the Son of God and we're experiencing that war, One day, one day, might, might be after the millionth time, your flesh will die. And all the sinful passions, all the lusts in your heart, and the, the knee-jerk, angry fits of anger will end. For those who belong to Jesus have crucified the flesh. We have died to ourselves. And the life we now live, remember Paul's making the same argument he's been making the whole time. The life we now live, we live by faith. In the life, the spirit, the power, resurrecting power of Jesus. I have died. It's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. Let's rejoice in that as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Would you pray with me? Father, we rejoice this morning that though, though there is a civil war going on inside our hearts, yet, yet you are active and we see fruit, bearing fruit in our lives that's a, accounted and can be only attributed to you and your work, but we rejoice and comply in it and from it we confess that we have repented turned from our sin been buried with you now resurrected to abundant life Father I pray for each of us here this morning whether they are a Christian they've been a saint for 50 years and they're still because they are still experiencing the war or or the light bulb is just going on for the first time father would you fill us all with your spirit give us life rid of us of the sin that plagues our souls and magnify yourself by changing who we are in jesus name Amen.